This is the Desperate Mothers Podcast. Oh my. Check out what these desperate mother are up to this week. So it's like you almost want to start the podcast up uh, with... Welcome back, motherfuckers. <laughs> All right, survivors. <laughs> <laughs> so far, it is September. You made it through the first snap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there may be a second wave coming. Thanos still has the glove. Yeah, yeah. You you know, we, we actually just might be in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah. And, and not even in the Infinity War yet. Because, I mean, we've already lost. We've already lost the Black Panther. Come on. Yeah, that was a, that was a shock. Um, it, was, think... it was a real shock to lose Chadwick Boseman. And I didn't even, I, I guess I just wasn't aware that he was sick or dealing with anything. I know a lot of people say that on the internet, he was dealing with internet trolls that were badgering about his weight and appearance and stuff. But I just, I don't look at that kind of thing. So it never came across my radar. Yeah, I, I try to avoid those sort of discussions in the first place. But uh, bottom line was uh, he wanted to keep his health private. And, and more power to him. Yeah. Uh, very few people actually knew what he was going through. He, you know, he was going through it while he was filming the, the blockbusters. When he was filming um, Infinity War and uh, Endgame and... Uh, Black Panther. Um. Now you know the studios. The studios want to control everything, and and I know a lot of people would say you do it for his privacy. But man, if the studios got wind of that early on, they he wouldn't have been the Black Panther, right? Yeah, I mean yeah, they would have looked at him as a commodity that had uh, gosh limited, an expiration date. Yeah. Right? Studios are terrible like that. Not because any one person in the studio is terrible, but because just the way the studios are made up to make money and maximize profits. That's why, like, if you're ex, you're of a certain age, you're not marketable anymore. Yeah. You know? They're not, gonna, they're not going to invest their money in a 50-year-old pop star. They just aren't. Well, 50-year-old pop star, um, he probably had a little bit more longevity than you know a female actress in the in the same situation um yeah hollywood hollywood is uh is a rough system you if you show any signs of weakness if you show any um well anything these days right i mean not to bring up stuff like cancel culture because you know, whatever. The deal is, if you rub the mainstream the wrong way, get the wrong perception, they think you might not last long enough to invest money in. There's a multitude of reasons for the media machine to dump you. Yeah, we probably uh, saw something like that with uh, with Charlie Sheen. Well, you know, Tiger Blood was asking for it. <laughs> But the the point is that uh, the Hollywood system is uh, is ruthless, um, and that if if he had admitted um, his health condition, there's a really good chance that he would not have been given the films that he had. 
Yeah, because they said he was, well, I don't know. If if we look at the year that he was diagnosed, which was three or four years ago, so he had already done Black Panther, right? But that's not too late for Marvel to recast people. Yeah, the um, loyalty is not exactly something that's uh, famous in big budget movies in Hollywood culture. Um, you know, one week you're you're James Bond, and the next week you're just Pierce Brosnan. Did did. Well, for a long time, Pierce Brosnan was cooler than James Bond. <laughs> so Black Panther came out in 2018. That means in 2017, it was making Black Panther. If he had been diagnosed three or so years ago, that puts dangerously close to the time that he had gotten Black Panther. Yeah. The movie. Now, Black Panther did start off in Civil War, right? So- Captain America Civil War. Yeah, he um, he may or may not have known when um, when he was filming Black Panther. But you can almost guarantee if the studios knew, they would not have kept him. So he was diagnosed in 2016. Oh, so. Yeah, it's tough to say. I don't think the studios would have kept him if they knew. Being old and jaded like I am. But magnificent movies, you know. And, you know, inspiring character with a sense of dignity. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it. I don't think dignity is something that you hear associated with comic book movies a lot. Right, right. I mean, your your heroes have um, a a I want to say moral compass, but it, it's really particular to that hero. It's not like you know, let's treat everybody with a certain amount of respect. What closest is Captain America, right? Sure, Captain America. His worldview is a little bit black and white. Well, like Superman, he'll. Uh... He'll treat you with respect, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to do everything he can do to prevent you from achieving your goals. If he disagrees with you, he's going to let you know. You're going to get a shield to the face. (laughs) And then in Winter Soldier, was Winter Soldier the one uh, where he came at uh, Iron Man with Bucky? Or was that uh, Civil War as well? I think, I think that was Civil thinking War. thinking about Civil War. Still, Captain, Captain America, has a, his moral compass is a little fluid when it comes to like his personal life. Yep. Right? So. So were the, there were some things I didn't know about uh, Chadwick Boseman. Um, he was born and raised in South Carolina. Um, so... Some of you uh, longtime listeners. And uh, most of the Russian agents. Yeah. Uh, may know that uh, I spent my teen years um, in South Carolina, uh, middle school, junior high, high school, starting college, South Carolina. Um, 
kind of neat to know that uh, he was a local. He was local, yeah. So in 2016 uh, was when he started betraying uh, Black Panther in Civil War. You said that's right around the time that he was diagnosed. It's the same year that he was diagnosed. Oof. So he may he may have known uh, when he initially started playing the character. But he certainly knew um, in the subsequent movies. He knew in Infinity War and Endgame, um, and certainly the, the Black Panther movie. So I cannot believe the studio would have put so much behind him if they knew. That's just not the Hollywood way. It seems unlikely, but, you know, we don't know. Well, we know that they didn't know, because nobody knew. Like, I guess that's an assumption in itself. Maybe they knew. Maybe somebody knew, and maybe they, maybe they had the respect and dignity to, uh, to not make it widespread. Mm, yeah, I'm sure that's likely. But let's pretend it is. Magnific- magnificent movies nonetheless, you know. Um, I didn't like everything because I'm me and nitpicky, but. You're kind of like Mikey. He doesn't like anything. <laughs> but Wakanda was fun. The whole thing was good. I love T'Challa. But I've always been a Black Panther fan since I was a kid. Black Panther, Falcon, you know. Marvel was trying to bring some heroes of color into yeah into comic books in the 70s. I mean DC was too, right? You had you had some interesting characters and stuff going on. Yeah, and it was probably, you know, the movement of the 70s. You know, were the motivations altruistic or were they uh trying to generate publicity? Oh, they're always capitalistic. Um it's comic I, books, man. I don't know that there's an important distinction. Um, you know, the the important thing is that when somebody opens up a book or watches a movie, that they see people like themselves. Yeah, yeah. And typically, you know, for people like us, it's never a concern because <laughs> everybody looks like us. <laughs> and we look like everybody in most uh, most Hollywood movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we never have to worry about finding representation. Well, except for they generally don't feature old. Middle-aged, not-so-super-attractive guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, middle-aged they guys. They normally look better than us, but yeah, they the, look similar to us. They're like Liam Neeson, Pierce Brosnan, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like Pierce Brosnan in that... Um, uh, the Eurovision movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's the hot guy of the village, and he's probably fathered all the children. Yeah. So, Wakanda forever, man. Seriously. I don't know what they're going to do. Well, I mean, obviously what they're going to do is find somebody to cast in his place. And I guess in this phase of the Marvel Universe, you can start recasting everybody. I mean, yeah, it's it's an opportune time to, to recast people. There's there's probably other characters that are going to be portrayed by people other than what we've grown used to in the past 
five, ten years. When did the Marvel Phase One movie start? Now that's a question that any comic book nerd should be able to. Uh... I don't know. I mean, a lot of people believe it's with X Men, but that was you know not Marvel. Like the Wolverine, but um... so no, I, I think Marvel Phase One is obviously starts with Iron Man because there's movies that rather not take credit for. <laughs> <laughs> so Iron Man was two thousand and eight. So for the past twelve years, we've gotten to know this a, a iteration of, of the Marvel Universe. And the only significant character actor change has been for the Incredible Hulk. Well, that's what I mean. I think they they pretty much want to disavow any Hulk that was any Hulk movie that was not the Avengers movie. Well, um, Incredible Hulk of two thousand eight is considered to be part of the the Phase One. That's um, that's um, what's his name movie. Um, Oh, the skinny guy. Yeah. Uh Edward Norton. Edward Norton's movie, yeah. But not a not a terrible movie. It was a good movie. Um cuz the Hulk that we meet up in the Avengers, the Hulk that we meet up with in the Avengers is that Hulk. Yep. They just had to get rid of Edward Norton because <laughs> Edward Norton was busy being Edward Norton. Like he was fully vested in the Hulk. He 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 was he was invested. He was like, "This needs to happen. This needs to happen. I need a recut. I need this." And the studio's like, "Yeah, we need the Hulk, Edward. Not you so much." So who co-starred? Co- that was uh, Liv Tyler that uh, played Betsy Ross in his Hulk. Yes. Yeah. And Tim Roth. Yes, Tim Roth as the Abomination. Which was pretty interesting. Some of the fights between Hulk and the Abomination, they look really good. Some of the fights with Hulk in the the, the university scene where he's fighting the army, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And it was a good movie. It was, it was yeah. some good Marvel stuff. Um, the Ang Lee Hulk had a few good scenes in it and a lot of bad scenes. So phase one began with Iron Man. Um Robert Downey Jr. breathed life into the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we know it. Really created it because it had been floundering. Yeah. Um, they didn't have a cohesive story or or a universe that the characters lived in and shared. Right? You know, if, if you never really thought Batman and any of the DC heroes lived in the same universe. I mean, come on. Uh, Metropolis can pretty much get destroyed by Superman in a fight, and it would have no effect on any other character in the world in the DC universe, right? When, if aliens came down and tried to, like, destroy the Earth, I think the entire Earth would suffer some repercussions of that, and at least be talking about it. Well, I think Kind of the point there, though, is if aliens come down to the Earth, they're not just going to destroy Metropolis. They're not going to fly across the universe to take out one city. 
Even if that's where Superman and his girlfriend live. Even if live. that's where Superman is. So Gotham has always been pretty much spared the brunt of Superman's interstellar chaos, right? You know, the, this, this magnet for world-destroying people seem to come to our planet from so many light years away and just concentrate their, their mayhem within the city limits of Metropolis. Now, I suppose, you know, if you want to defeat a football team, you take out the quarterback. So maybe aliens are seeing Superman as the quarterback, as the defense system that needs to be overwhelmed. But we were talking about Marvel. Well, Marvel was kind of all over the place in the same way, whereas you have X-Men over here, you have Hulk over there, you have Blade the Vampire Slayer, which up until that point was hands down the coolest Marvel movie ever made. Right? So you had all these little pockets, these disconnected pockets of the Marvel Universe, and then Iron Man comes out. And sure, Iron Man's super cool, but by the end of Iron Man, he was still all by himself. So the the X-Men and... Um, the the Spider-Man movie those were owned by different companies it wasn't until um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe became a thought in the studio's mind that you started to develop this cohesive universe and since Iron Man the Hulk has been the only character that has had a major actor change. Uh, since 2008, we've had consistent uh, portrayals of the characters by a single actor. Except for the Hulk. Well, it's only had one character change, or one actor change. And once they got rid of Edward Norton, they've, they've basically kept uh, Mark Ruffalo the whole time. Robert Downey Jr. has been with us the entire time. Uh, Scarlett Johansson's been with us. Despite not getting a movie forever. Yeah. And despite the delay in the release of her her headliner movie. Which um, does look pretty fun. Well, yeah. Be hard to imagine it any other way. I mean, she stole the screen in, what was it, Iron Man 2? Oh, yeah. Um, the first time when she walks in she walks in and walks down the hallway and the security guard is uh, oh yeah I was going to say from from the time that she beats up Happy yeah to the time she beats up everybody else but Happy (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah they they had to see by you know the first dailies on that that yeah. Oh my gosh, that, she's that was she, lightning in a bottle. It was. That was that was magic. Now Thor, not so much. I really don't think Thor came into his own until much later. But again, um all the act actors that have portrayed characters in the Thor movies have been consistent. We've had Helmsworth, we've had uh Who's his love interest? Um, Katie Holmes. <laughs> no. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Um, Heimdall was played. He yeah. played in the Avengers movies and the Thor movies. That was pretty impressive. Um, 
so yeah with with the end of uh the infinity uh stone saga with however snap, disappointing with, it was at the end this you know this represents an opportunity for them to hand the baton to another actor i mean and they don't even have to say there's a major story change it's time people can start all over again you know, and Marvel went really interesting and crazy with some some choices. You know, Thor, Ragnarok, was an ape shit movie. Yeah, and it was awesome. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy two, pretty much was an ape shit movie, and, and it brought some comedy and awesomeness to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And in those those two areas they were able to bring together, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy for its crazy universe stuff. Because the deal is, Marvel has a space civilization in its universe. And it's varied and deep and oftentimes stupid. But by having characters like the Guardians of the Galaxy, who are like fly by the seat of their pants, and and, and all of these backgrounds together, they kind of bring that st- universal chaos and stupidity together into a digestible team for the viewer you know they can go steal batteries from people painted up in gold and after a while you think maybe that's not the weirdest thing in the world they they definitely have a a broader uh, landscape than what um, dc has created so far so far dc hasn't strayed beyond the earth other than to have DC's best movie at that was the one they revile the most. Green Lantern mm. could have yeah. been, should be that Guardian. I'm not sure they reviled it. I'm maybe it was a matter of bad writing. Maybe it was a bad matter of bad casting. Or maybe you guys just don't understand Green Lantern, and it is kind of hokey at the core. <laughs> And and you've got to embrace it, right? Uh, is that a joke on the Lantern Corps? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's core. Okay. And it really is. But you just got to embrace that. You got to bring that genuineness, that earnestness to it. This is a core of do-gooders who believe that, you know, they're the space boy scouts, man. Right? And if you're lucky enough, you get to be the Eagle Scout. You get to have that ring. You get to protect your sector. You get to be your sector's hall monitor, protecting it against evil. You take the oath, you take the pledge, and you do it till you die. So we're kind of ranging far afield here, but what were your thoughts on Shazam? I wanted to like it. I wanted to like it. Yeah. I think Shazam betrayed itself. Uh Uh-huh. To me, it kind of felt like that Tom Hanks movie, Big. Um, oh, very much so. He he was a kid put in an adult body, and he did stupid kid things. And, um, and that really wasn't Shazam, the comic book. I don't really know, because I never read the Shazam comic book. Um I have no idea, and I'm 
I'm a little interested in why they decided to go in that direction. I guess they wanted a a family-friendly title because in the end, the family bands together and... And it was sweet and everyone got their own costume and powers and blah, blah, blah. But it really could have been anything. It didn't have to be Shazam. Yeah. Could have been Green Lantern. (laughs) (laughs) What was the story arc where they had all the different lanterns, right? Yeah. So... I know, I know we get far afield, but I mean, we talk about genuine, genuineness and earnestness, and I really think that that's not in vogue anymore, right? You know, now it's everything's tongue-in-cheek, wink, 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 nudge, nudge, nudge. Oh, I'm the hero of the day, and ha, oh, I'm super honorable, but let's not be over the top, man. I'm still really cool when it comes down to it, right? And Captain America's not that way, but... I mean, they poke, they spent several movies poking fun at Captain America, like, oh, language... <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just almost not cool or marketable to have an earnestness in your character's creation. You know, to not to not roll your eyes when you say, "You can't tell a lie. That's wrong." <laughs> we we snicker when someone says that. So, trying to pull this background full circle, I think that well, we have a very loose theme of world building and dignity, right? Yeah. You know, er, and dignity and earnestness is is not making fun when your character tries to do the right thing. It's not betraying your character and, and making them go some other way than what their character would in the story arc. So I, I think that T'Challa had that that dignity and that integrity in his character, and um, you know, other than a few. Uh, funny moments here and there. I think they treated the character with respect. And, you know, hopefully whoever the successor is to um, to resume the character in future movies is able to, to achieve that also. Yeah, it, it's going to be really tough because T'Challa is not a funny character. I know. <laughs> so to keep someone serious and likable is tough, you know, without without flattening them out and stereotyping them to a, a certain way. You know, you always have to worry about that in character creation. You know, if my character only acts a certain way, eventually he becomes a stereotype or a meme or just just flat, uninteresting character, right? Black Panther, it was an interesting movie, but it was like the world of Wakanda was a lot more interesting to me than necessarily the power struggle to rule it, you know, and I wanted to get a lot more into the meat and potatoes of how they do everything. You know, how how is this society there? They hinted at it in a couple of places, you know, Wakanda investments throughout the world and and everything, and really like the end when when they would they brought the building that the uncles yep. originally lived in. That was cool. I'd like to see more of that. You know, more more Wakanda presence in the rest of the world. Yeah, a little bit of that with what civil war, but that went you know sideways. <laughs> but yeah, what what a what a bind to be in to losing a key actor like that. So. 
What was the last Marvel movie? The last Marvel movie was, was Infinity Endgame? War. Endgame, yeah. Um, we confused because Spider-Man had a lot of Iron Man reference in it. Yeah. But it but was still a Spider-Man that's movie. still Sony. Right. Um, and although they had a Lend-Lease agreement, um, it's still... Well, that's why there's no Hulk movie, because they still don't own Hulk. Yeah. They could use Hulk all day long in all their other stuff, but they can't have a Hulk movie. So I'm excited to see Fantastic Four brought into the Marvel Universe. I'm just praying to God that... There's been so many bad Fantastic Fours. Yeah. Um, Please, please make this a good Fantastic Four. Um, I think I was traumatized and unfortunately I traumatized my nephew by making him go see, um, the last Fantastic Four movie. You could barely call that a Fantastic Four movie. It, yeah. Um, you know, the, the moment Ben Grimm becomes a a murderous mercenary, um, you've cut out the heart and soul of Fantastic Four and, Wandered into some terrible alternate universe. <laughs> yeah, it really was interesting because I mean, if you knew Ben Grimm, and if you read, you're a longtime reader of Fantastic Four, you know Ben really internalized that suffering. He didn't go take it out and become mercenary for hire. Yeah, well, Ben was the the conscious of the Fantastic Four. Um, Johnny was the hothead. Reed was the the robotic calculator leader sue was the mother figure right and ben Grimm was the heart the conscious the the glue that bound them together and anyhow okay he was the only one that could have taken handled becoming a monster that the world shunned because he had that inner strength and i don't think becoming a mercenary was something that somebody with that inner strength would do. Yeah. It's something that somebody who was really hurt would do. You know, but that's not Ben Graham. Okay, are you going to make me say my name? And then... Did you... In this podcast or in the other one? You said in one of the podcasts I wasn't going to have to say my name. Well, if you were worried about telling the government your name, <laughs> you could say your first name. I think name. it's too late for that. In this one, we, we yeah, yeah, we, we were all over this one, right? You know, we're like in the KGB books right now as Desperate Mothers, Jack, CJ, all the other lunatics. We got CJ's guitar. So they know. They know us. Yeah. The next one's going to be video. But we're not like, you know, defaming the government in that one. Okay. Maybe this one. I don't know if we did in this one. Well, thank you for listening to the Desperate Mothers podcast. Want to wish you a happy and safe coronavirus season. <laughs> Wear your mask, please. And um, I am CJ Watson. And I am Jack Fisher. And hop on. <laughs> <laughs>